Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to On the Road to Heaven with your show hosts, Sandra Herrick and Denise Iwana on the Star Nations Radio Network. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Star Nations Radio Network, and welcome to On the Road to Heaven. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Dana. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I am so happy to be here, and what a weekend you just had. Oh, my. It was spectacular. Unbelievable. It was great to see it on Facebook. I can only imagine what it was like to be in person. And to (laughs) the ladies... The great sisters, the great aunties, I am just so sorry I missed you all, but oh my God, it was great to see you on, on uh, all the reports that were on Facebook. <laughs> it was a fantastic weekend, and I'm headed out your way before long. You are, you are. October, the weekend of October 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, you are here. We're going to be down at uh, Quantum Life Management with Brenda Edwards. We're going to be up here at the Cycles of Spirit uh, with Carrie Hayes at the Unitarian Church in Keene. We're going to have the fire, the pipe ceremony here at Unicorn Fields. And then we'll be having a gallery in Walpole. This will be the first time that we're going to be local in Walpole. And it should be a fun, simple, wonderful, delightful, powerful time having giggles and laughs here in New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord and all that stuff. I'm ready. We always have a good time. Heaven knows. We never know exactly where we're going to end up, but we always end up somewhere really good, and it's never a dull moment, is it, Sand? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. There's always libation and good food involved. <laughs> Absolutely, and there is. And coming, so we'll, it's, it's, it's good. I look forward to it. And I can hardly believe that summer is almost over, and I can hardly believe that we didn't really have a summer the way that we normally do, but uh, time is ticking on. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, it's so, going to be Christmas. So absolutely. happy New Year, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> well, this evening we're going to pick up where we left off last month because last month we were talking about endings and cycles in our lives that come to a conclusion, and we were really getting into some great conversation about yes. the different sorts of cycles that come to an end in our lives. And we were left with, okay, well, when that happens, then then what? Who do we become? Where do we go? What the hell? And so before we begin that, Sand, would you take a moment just to uh, center everybody and get us into, our, uh, into a good spot? Absolutely. So first of all, everybody, thank you for coming and being a part of our show. Thank you and becoming who you are as you listen and grow. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you, to listen to what we discover and what we feel we may know. And what I think is most important is thank you, everybody, for wanting to be more in that place that is tender to yourself and that is giving to yourself so that you can give what is necessary inside you to everybody else. Take a deep breath. We want to send prayers to Texas 
floods, the people in recovery, and those spirits that have passed over. Some of the stories are absolutely heartbreaking. And so the end of their life is now. The end of life as they know it is now. The end of feeling safe is now. And the beginning of recovery is now. Gentle breath. We are at the age of the turning of the page of Pisces to Aquarius. Our faces are pressed against the glass, looking at our futures, and yet it's not quite here. We turn around and look what has brought us here, and many feelings are available to explore, to discover to experience and truly feel. There is nothing more frightening or exhilarating than transformation, transition, leaving of and the going to. So allow ourselves to be in the intro, the hammock from one realm to the next as we talk tonight, as we share. And bring your heart, your soul, and your spirit to your body tonight so that we commune, we can be conscious, and we can all be one as we go through the motions of everything that life brings us. Welcome to On the Road to Heaven. Open your eyes and let's go for it. Let's do this thing. All right. Last month when you and I were talking about cycles coming to a conclusion and and the variety of cycles that come to a conclusion, often, as you know, after you dust yourself up, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and take a look around, the first question is, where am I? Who am I now? And where do I go next? Have you ever been there, Sand? Always and now. I mean, right now. Right now. And there's that absolute truth of if you wake up in the morning, it's a new day. And there may be a routine. There may be a sense of familiar. And the angle of the sun is different. The angle of the light is different. The attitudes of everybody around you may have shifted and shimmered or twisted. And I think it's very necessary for us to be able to, be, to experience the disturbance in the force of nature and to also know that the only thing that is permanent is change. We all look for such stability, and yet the only thing that is permanent is change. And right now, change is radical. It's slapping Mm -hmm. us all over the universe, as you know, and how is it affecting you? Well, for myself, I feel as though the change is much more rapid, and I would add the word urgent. Yeah, 
Right. Yeah. You know, right now it feels like a little bit of a lull, but gee, in the last, just the last few weeks or so, it felt as though change is impending, change is necessary, and change is urgent. It's urgent. Uh, No more waffling about who you are and why you are, as you say. There's no more sitting on the fence wondering about it. It's just do it. Let's get, let's get to it. Right. There's that, there's that radicalness also of when you say there's been a lull, I'm happy for you. Retrograde is having its way with us with mind boggling torment. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, yeah. every nook and cranny. I, I'm grateful that I have a sense of humor of it right now where it's like, here we are. And it's not so much a sense of humor of giggle, giggle. It's, uh, this is supposed to be happening, so don't take it personal. This is what's going on, so don't take it personal. Allow yourself to be awake. Don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. Not taking it personal means I can be with what's going on rather than think, why am I being bullied or picked out or only me? You know, the, you know mm-hmm. those moments when they happen to you? Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> I, I never know. sat on the pity potty, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I, I love that that phrase that my sister Barbara Dullknife has come up with. I'm sitting on the pity pot. Um, and we all get a chance to sit there. And at some time, you know, spirit says, okay, it's time to get up. Off that pity pot, you're getting a ring around your hind end. It's time to keep moving. And it's time it to is, make it some choices. You know hard it is to get up when you've been sitting there too long. <laughs> I know there's like this suction that occurs and it's really hard to get up, you know. It is. But yeah, I do feel as though for all of us on top of retrograde and uh this all of the solstices are not solstices, all of the eclipses that are going on in our own personal eclipse. I mean, Sandy, don't you feel that this is a time as the cycle is ending and I think a cycle is ending for all of us you know, whether we want to deal with it or face it or understand it. And we're now being asked, who are you now? Right. And how are you going to walk with who you are now? Do you feel that in the now you are different than you were six months ago, five months ago, a month ago? How is that playing out for you right now in this ending of cycles for yourself? And picking up with what's next, as you say. Well, um, there's a maturity happening. Um, In my home, and Bobby's in my home, we got flooded. And we've had water in the basement before, but now something shifted. We have mold. And we have to gut our very foundation to this house. In doing that, that means financially a challenge. It means psychologically growing up and facing these are the facts. This has to happen. And just do it with a consciousness rather than moaning, groan about, oh, why me? That's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I feel some angle inside my psyche is happening. Mm-hmm. With my clientele, 
It's very fascinating. There's a new red wave within my clientele. And even with one of my clients yesterday, they said, well, you're being very practical. And I said, no, I'm not being practical. I'm not being romantic mm-hmm. in that way of trying to minimize the experience. I'm putting it out there blatantly so that someone can hear this is what's happening rather than to romanticize someone's drama. And it gives voice in my sense of me in sharing a certainty to somebody that you can do this and be more precise about what's going on rather than to avoid it and feel that you're a victim of your karma or that you have no way to take responsibility for where you are. So when Mm -hmm. you ask that question, Dana, Hmm. it's a really powerful question. And what I'm feeling is I'm kind of honing down the angles that I work from. And Mm -hmm. it's not me making a decision. It's the angles of light that are giving me, you know, the mirrors that we look into for what's the story they're cleaning up some of the mess that says, could you just say that rather than give a story? Mm-hmm. I like that, cleaning up some of the mess. Because truly yeah. cycles, you know, whether they're cycles we necessarily want to have end or cycles that we end, sometimes spirit does come along and say, you know, this is still kind of a catastrophe in your life and this just needs to end. And you need right. to get real and you need to be adult about what you're going to do now rather than to wax and wane poetic um, about where you've been or where you wish you would be or what you had dreamed for yourself. Where are right. you now? And you, I was just having a conversation. Actually, I've had a couple of conversations this weekend uh, with people about those moments in our lives when we are brought to our knees. Oh, wow. And, you know, so, Yeah, sometimes when you stand up, your knees are still a little wobbly, you know, the legs are a little wobbly, and and you're wondering, where am I going, and can I even stand? And some people just continue to collapse while others stand up and say, I feel different, I look different, I'm different, and I need to sit with the fact that now I'm different. I think that there's a beauty to when a cycle in our lives ends, whether it's a client base or where we are uh, presenting our work, doing our work comes to an end, to sit with that for a minute and, and say, I need to be with this. I need to be with who I am now that my loved one has passed away. Who am I now without them? What's next? And I think there's a lot of beauty in that. But some people don't know how to sit and be with that. For somebody who says, Sandy, I can't sit, I can't be with, my mind is always going, how do you say to somebody, you need to slow down and here's why? Well, it's radical that you ask that question because I do have somebody that right now is addicted in their mind and it's a wonderful process to listen to. Oh. Where their life has changed Someone changed their mind about them, and when they changed their mind, even though the behavior 
between this couple has been for years radically sad when the person who was the abuser decided to leave the person who was the victim is now frothing with anxiety and that repetition of the brain that says but now they went and they're having a good life with somebody that's better why aren't I good enough wasn't I da da don't I deserve da 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 and I'm listening to the manicness of a very intelligent person have a story that they tell themselves and they're confused as to why they believe the story even as they feel the reality of the abuse and the truth. Mm. And that their mind takes them to their story. And what I'm doing, instead of being a ghost buster, right now I'm a myth buster. Oh. Yes. I like that. Listening a to the myths that are starting to come to speak about themselves. And clients and people are so wonderful because we talk about our myth in telling our story. And our myth is, well, this is. And it's like, you listen to it, it's like, are you out of your crazy mind? Yes. Because the myth counters reality when we can't face reality. The myth, it shouldn't happen. The myth, it shouldn't happen to me. The myth, I deserve better. The myth, well, it's supposed to be. That, those are myths. Mm-hmm. Those are belief systems. Those are attitudes. What is truthful is somebody's abusing you. You shouldn't ask them don't you love me? You should see they're abusing me. Don't I love myself? Mm-hmm. Right now, something in that mix data is happening. And our minds wow. are bending in a wonderful way that I haven't quite seen ever in in my counseling and in my healing work. So something is giving up the or revealing our storytelling about ourselves or our belief mm-hmm. systems about our te- ourselves or the myth of, I was told I can be anything, how come I'm nothing? Whose job was it to give me something to do? You know that. I do know that. I do know that. And, I, and yeah, whose job is it to give me something to do? Right? Why is it not here? Who am right. I? Who am I now? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I like masks are falling away I deserve or it. being ripped off. Yeah, being ripped yeah. off. And some people are trying to put the mask back on. And, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be, karma, the universe, our soul is saying, hold up, wait a minute. It came off. It was ripped off. It's been re-ripped off for a reason. Um, here you are. Take a right. look. Take right. a look at yourself. And it is a myth that we should never lose anyone that we love. It is a myth that everything should always be comfortable. It is a myth that if you are a person who prays a lot, then, you know, you should have all good things at all times. That is a myth. That is not the human experience. Right. And 
for some people, change is very, very difficult. For others, I had a client, my last client this evening, a self-proclaimed gypsy. And she said, and I, and I love being a gypsy. I love being a gypsy, she said. <laughs> I love constant change. And I love having a free spirit. And at the same time, society is telling her that she needs to be more responsible, more accountable, and yet she's a free spirit. Is it, is it, what, what is she saying? She loves it. She loves the adventure of, of moving from home to home and having homes um, in a short amount of time, for instance, she may live somewhere for six months and decide, you know what, I think I'd rather live over here for the next six months. And, you know, this job really isn't suitable for me. So as long as I'm going to move, I think I'd like to have another job. I'd like to explore this. And maybe I'm going, my next job is going to be radically different than the job that I have right now. Right now she's tending a bar. And so this gypsy tending a bar with four children. And for her, she said, change is so easy. And sitting next to her is her, her dearest friend who is saying to me, I can't change. Wow. I don't know what to do with change. I'm with the same man that emotionally batters me and has been battering me emotionally for five years. Mm. So Ow. I'm looking at I, exactly, looking at the both of them. So, you know, I asked the one woman and I said, and who are you now? And where do you suppose that you're going to go if you're going to continually stay with somebody who batters you? And how interesting that your bestie is a gypsy. Right. And she said, well, I don't know how she does it because she just she's joyful in it. And I don't know how to do that. I would rather be battered and abused than move off a dime. And people have that choice to be there when a cycle ends, to stay there in the ending. And some people do. So for those of us that love people that stay stuck in the ending, what do you say to somebody who said, you know, I love this person, but they're stuck in their story. They're stuck in the ending. How can I continue to love them even though they're stuck? Because I don't want to be stuck with them. What's your advice to people? Well, that's when change brings not just the change of friends, but the change of lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, by now, everybody knows that I've been a, a, a spectacular gypsy um, until I moved to New Hampshire. And Bobby and I just celebrated our 14th year here, August 19th, which is radical because... I've, I've moved over 50-some-odd times, and I graciously did not have anybody else in my pocket that I had to be responsible to. So for me to be radical and live in the wind and listen to the voice and just be spontaneous, it was just me. And just me is not fair to say when... I've already established friends, I've established clients, I established classes, and we were going to talk about this, you know, what happens when the teacher moves, what happens when the mm. guidance, you know, goes in another direction. And yeah. so I've got the goosebumps in my goosebumps here. It's that place of my life 
was not just chaotic to me as much as I needed to live it or I need to live it. It is chaotic to the people that invest inside something that establishes itself as a relationship with me or spirit or belief systems while I'm in one place. And then I up and leave. People cry, people get angry, people get disturbed, people don't trust, or people can also say, my God, what a wonderful time it was just to be together during the time it was. Mm -hmm. Some people I still have as dear, dear friends from every place I've ever moved, and there's that place of knowing that change for me was not always embraced or welcome. It was always necessary. Mm-hmm. But I do know people that if they face change, I mean, some of my family members have lived in one place for over the majority of their lives. Mm-hmm. They just have a different vibrational code to live by. So we have to have respect for if somebody's going to live in one town for their whole life. That's the beauty of their life being lived. Mm-hmm. I may not have thought my life was beautiful with the chaos of getting me all over the place, but in hindsight, the beauty in my life is dazzling by all of the mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. So what I know in hindsight is very different than what I experienced looking forward doubting my future, wondering why me, will I ever settle, you know, settle down, will I get a life, will I be loved, will I, you know, all those, and now it's, you know, sometimes life have to ha- has to happen to us before we can see what life is doing with us. Mm-hmm. You know that. I do know that. I do know that. And some people feel sad when they have to leave um, a friend who is stuck in the story, who's stuck in the ending, or a family member who's stuck in the ending, stuck in the story, can't move off the dime or move forward in the progression of their lives. But we have to continue to move and we have to continue to live. Um, I believe we do. And we can love people from a distance, right? And I think that it's important to know that. You can love people from a distance. And sometimes that's part of the cycle ending and who are we now is that we are no longer embroiled or enmeshed in the drama, but we can love them from afar or close, but not in, in the mixture, in the soup with them. And with regard to, you know, teachers that change, um, we've all had those teachers that we've put on a pedestal. And we learn from them. And some people have issue with when a teacher uh, goes on a different path. I know for myself, when I switched, well, I wouldn't say switched, when my path expanded about 11 years ago to begin walking the Red Road Way uh, with the pipe, there were those people that were very upset that I wasn't 100% ensconced in who I was at that time. They wanted me to stay and not let that cycle end. Yes, for their comfort. And so many people, family members, friends, students, became very uncomfortable with the idea that I was now 
uh, not to the exclusion of the other, but in complement in some ways and very different in other ways, walking this path that presented itself, that came to my door, knocked on the door and said, come here. Right. And in that, spending these 11 years ensconced in so much of it, it was interesting this weekend, my eldest sister, Della Badwound, uh, was a missionary nun for many, many years. And she and I had a long talk about perceptions that people have when she tells them that she was a nun. You know, people peg you, they, they put you over here. And she said, I don't like to talk about certain aspects of my life because if somebody finds out that I'm a nun, either they accuse me of siding with uh, with those evil people that ran the boarding schools, et cetera, et cetera. She said, my own people. And she said, I finally had to come to a conclusion in all of my years that it's okay to be many things. And she said to me, we were sitting across from one another at the table, she said, what I've learned is my soul path is the path of my soul. And at some point along the line, she said, I learned that I needed to honor my soul path. As much as people wanted me to remain a nun or not become a nun in the first place, all of those things, she said, at some point, my soul told me, you know, we're in this together. This is our journey. And we need to live it for us, not to the exclusion of others, but not on behalf of others. And I love that, Sandy, because people can get really caught up in, well, I am different now, and with some people I'm going to pretend to be the old me to the detriment of who we've grown to be. Does that make sense, or am I rambling? It's not rambling, and you're making perfect sense. There, You and Lily were with me in um, the the event that we went down in North Carolina for the Coptic Center when I was actually texting an old friend that was my best friend. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, from junior high school into the beginning of high school and then after high school. And when I got into metaphysics, And I want to say this in a specific way because I did not choose to become a part of this like, oh, I think I'll just go do that. I was getting divorced. I was completely out of sorts with I thought my life was going to go one way. And it was over. It was so over there was no way to go except to go home and re-navigate. And my mother literally said, oh, Sandy, here's a uh, class on um, develop your mind skills and include it, know if somebody's lying and psychic development. And I said, I want to take that. And it wasn't for the psychic. It was to know if somebody was lying to me. Hmm. That decision, that, that beautiful emergence of the calamities of thinking I was going to be one thing, finding out that that wasn't going to work, not knowing what I was going to be, and divine intervention coming in and say, here's the rest of your life, whether you're ready or not. Hmm. Made the way that I, I then was 
to my history to date. It meant that friend and I were not going to be able to talk anymore because it was of no interest to her, to her when, and I read you the little note, when I got involved with that crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another friend, well, it doesn't make sense what you're doing. In my sorrow of missing these people and losing them as my friends, there was that beauty of also knowing that I was more sad staying there not knowing who I was anymore. Makes even cry to say it. It's amazing. Because if I stayed, I was the odd person out trying to figure out why aren't I like them rather than be bold enough, brave enough, and accepting I'm being kicked out of what is so normal for so many and it is good for them to be there. Yeah. But me, I was starving. I had no mirror. I had no conversation that was the next way for my brain, my heart, and my mind to bond until that moment. And so that current of energy came in, God bless my mother, for finding it, reading it, because that current is still the flow that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And and you and I both know this. Even though that flow took us into the metaphysical world, that doesn't mean everybody we met is still in our lives, or was it easy, or was it even pleasant, or it was like, really? I've got to be here and have a hard time too? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean everything's nice. It just means this is the path. And when we say goodbye to our old friends, you grieve. I try not to judge it, but I, human, I judge it sometimes to protect myself rather than to make them right or wrong, to just give me that extra edge of I have to defend myself because nobody else is fighting with me at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you do that? Because I know I know for a fact that's what you have to do when everybody's against you. How do you defend yourself so you can even have a side to belong to if it's only you? Right. Well, you once told me, oh, friend of mine, stop defending yourself, just be who you are. Well, there you have it. <laughs> I remember that conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Out on the lanai. Stop. And this was, oh, my goodness, when you and I first met. So what, 10 years ago, Elise was 15. And Mm -hmm. you looked at me and you said, stop defending yourself. Just be who you are. And everything will be as it's supposed to be. And so that's what I've done. And it's not always easy to do that. And Uh, sometimes my Scorpio nature just wants to do what Scorpio nature does. But I always remember those words, stop defending yourself, just be who you are. And those were brilliant words. Well, you're certainly doing a good job of it, Tina. (laughs) Well, yeah, so thanks, Anne, because here it is 10 years later. 10 years later, I'm just doing what it is that spirit calls me to do. And, you know, recently it was kind of the reintroduction of the Catholicism for me. And 
you know, uh, having lunch with my Dominican spiritual director and then spending so much time with my sister Della uh, this weekend and handing her my manuscript of prayers and incantations. Because she's a linguist, I asked her if she would please proof the pieces uh, that involve the Lakota language in those stories. And she did that. But the other part of all of it was, uh, it was the first time that I had uh, Cheryl and Della and Delmarie and Barb, and for both Della, who was the eldest, and Delmarie to be inside the sweat lodge on Sunday evening. I have to say, I thought of you because of the time when Barbara Dolnice and Delmarie were there, and they were so incredibly moved and humble in mm-hmm. being the only Native Americans in a sweat lodge with all these white folks. <laughs> saying yeah, that they exactly. were coming there to be in the honor of their heritage because mm-hmm. their people were forgetting how to be there. Yeah. I will yeah. never forget that as long as I live. Yes. And after the NEP, um, when Del Marie came up to me and she said, I heard the spirits inside your NEP tonight for the first time in my life, in her whole life, she said, I actually heard the spirits. And we were sitting around the campfire afterwards. Yeah, Rob was playing guitar, some uh, um, Emerson Lake and Palmer, and then he was doing a little bit of Gordon Lightfoot. And she said to me, you know, I don't know why everybody else gets to hear the spirits and see the spirits all the time. Because, I mean, you've been in my NEP, so you know they can get a little bit raucous. She said this was the first time in, this is the first time in my life that I actually heard the spirits inside an NEP. And, That's um, radical. Yes, and on the other hand, and Della, little sweetheart, oh, it was so beautiful, Denise. And, and But what was brilliant about that, the whole point of, of talking about it, is here I have uh, a Native American sister who was also a missionary nun who walks the Red Road and the uh, Kateri Tekawitha, St. Kateri Road, and my sister Delmarie, who had never been inside Inipi, where she could hear the spirits talking to her. And it was, again, it was something that you said, I think, when we were on uh, Walking with Spirit the last time, and you said to me, you're a bridge. And Della looked at me, and uh, she said, Mitankala, you're a bridge between Catholicism and the tradition mm. of the people. And so that's just, you know, it it took me a little bit to hand my manuscript of prayers and incantations to her. I will, I'll be very honest with that because my thought was she's a nun and she's also a Lakota woman and a linguist and a nun. (laughs) Well, who are you now? Who are you now? Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. There's just, and, and so we're going into a direction with who we are now. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the cracking of the psyche. Oh, Lordy. Okay. Let's go. That is required. Required. Yes. For some, it is subtle. For some, it is tormentive. For some, it is earth-shaking and I will include myself as one, it is Mm mind-boggling. When your psyche screams at you, you are 
done, mm-hmm. being what you have been, mm-hmm. and the illusions have to be cracked from you, mm-hmm. broken from you, mm-hmm. that you can emerge. Uh-huh. And it eliminates the very foundation of the core of what we thought was our salvation to lean on. And when that salvation is over, we have to discover the simple connections in our lives that welcome whatever is emerging rather than deny the fact that we had to die practically to be alive. Mm. It brings tears to me to feel how often that happened to me on various levels. So I want to share with everybody, it doesn't have to be radical to have it be profound. And Mm -hmm. when it's radical... It is so obvious we think we're not going to survive because there's Mm -hmm. nobody to identify with on the other side unless, Mm -hmm. unless there's a mirror in someone's eyes that says, welcome to the new you. Yeah. You'll make it. Yes. And there's no way to hang on to the past in those moments. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are psychological breakdowns. Those are suicide thoughts. Those Mm -hmm. are the isolation moments where people think nobody knows me or understands me. Those are Mm -hmm. those places where we implode Mm -hmm. or explode because we need to really no longer die by being what somebody made us or we think we have to be to fit in. Everybody wow. breathe. Mm-hmm. Everybody breathe. Because we're all on that brink right now. Mm-hmm. I really don't know anybody that's not on that brink right now. In mm-hmm. one version. I agree. I agree. So we're at a time where people are giving up what they thought they were. They're suffering with what they thought they couldn't be, and they're discovering the possibilities that life is bigger than you even thought when you were told it was big. Yeah. One of the things I would like to honor about what's going on when I hear that you're the bridge or a bridge is that how can a person be spiritual and Catholic or Native American or, you know, these these colors of energy are starting to blend into new hues. Mm-hmm. And I think our civilization and our star energy, our star dust, our dust, our universe is doing something because we're exploring the universe now. We're not so Mm -hmm. isolated with our sky, our sun, our moon. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> we're seeing the gases of other universes. We're seeing the planetary formations of other suns and um, galaxies. It's giving me the goosebumps. And we're realizing we are so vast because we are mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That something is expanding our own subconscious. Mm-hmm. In I'm going to be really radical here. That God is bigger than the conception of our own idea of God on earth. Hi, yay. Yeah. And all yeah. these lifetimes or these, these historical moments on the planet have been to gather all the different aspects of the way God could be or is, or maybe, or is assumed, or how everybody's traversed, traversed through the dust of the galaxies to land here. And now, as we can look back into the galaxy and see, wait a second, we're that. We're not mm-hmm. just this, we're that. Mm-hmm. Even God is bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Being torqued, people are bigger, sexuality is bigger, the frame of who we are as beings and the way we love are bigger. Yes. And that's what, in all due respect, is screwing the daylights out of our psyches right now, Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden universes are landing here saying, I am on this planet, but I've come from another universe. Absolutely. Get here. Yes. Yes. Here's a phrase that you often use, supernova. I guess it's two words that you normally use, supernova. And recently science has proven that we, all of us, carry the stardust of supernovas. Supernova. Mm -hmm. This was on a a special that I was watching about the Hubble Space Telescope because everybody knows I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to astronomy and stuff like that. And so we are bigger than that. And I believe that spirit is now saying, be that. Be that within yourself. Stop being so human that you are denying the grace of the divinity that is so large you cannot describe it. Be that. The totality of you. Be that. Right. To think that We've gone into another direction here. I'm so excited. To think that you could be killed, tortured, burned, and imprisoned for thinking that there was any existence beyond the clouds. Yes. On this planet. Yes. And to think that we as a social consciousness are now able to see out into the realms where our cells, our atoms, our life force truly, I would like to say, comes from, but belongs with. Yes. Our family's bigger. Yes. Our soul is bigger. So to think that only one planet, one little minuscule planet would have, <laughs> if we've only gotten this far 
in how many billions of years we've existed on this planet, and we've only mm-hmm. come this far to think you mm-hmm. either get it right or you don't. Mm-hmm. We're still naive at some level and in fear of we come from there. That is who we are. And I believe in my soul, I know in my soul, this is not belief, I know in my soul, that we're at that brink Mm -hmm. of remembering what it means to be a universal traveler Mm -hmm. and not just a passenger on earth. Yes. Because if we're on earth, we are a passenger. Mm -hmm. We're traveling on a spaceship. And it keeps going round and round and cycle and cycle. And it's magnificent. But we are on. This is a traveling force of nature. And, you yes, know, some of us have first class seats. Some of us are in cargo. <laughs> right. You know, some of yeah. us are on the space, whatever that is. Uh huh. And I think it's mind boggling that all the transgender stuff is coming up. All the history of the Nazi stuff is coming up. All mm-hmm. the stuff of spirits coming up. Secrets from mm-hmm. Egypt are coming up. Universe. I mean, there's such exposure. Yeah. Yeah. That we can't not not look. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once you see it, what do you do? You know, this past weekend, uh, Sunday evening, when I when I poured the NEP, um, I can talk about it because if you saw David Sturkin's Facebook page, you saw the photo of he and I after the NEP, both in our NEP dresses. And um, I was asked to do uh, something of a naming ceremony. So on Saturday evening, it was me, Sue Madewell, and Della downstairs on the lowest level talking about all of that what you just said and about the renaming ceremony for David Sturkin who is now CAD Caduceus we had this wonderful conversation about so who are you now after you have your coming to right the the psyche literally breaking open and saying you're not that anymore here you are and by the way everything you've been told about yourself up until this point let's let's talk about who you are really right and and who and you've so, been denied to be as you're struggling you to it. be who you are yes and so at the end, oh, my goodness, we must have talked about it for an hour and a half. It was very late in the evening. And finally, Della, who is the eldest, she looked at me and she said, this is your ceremony. Spirit will tell you how to conduct this ceremony. And you do what spirit tells you to do and when spirit tells you to do it inside the NEP. Well, the most beautiful thing about it was that when it came time in the second door for the ceremony to happen, and Holly, you were in the NEP, so you you know what I'm about to say. It was so beautiful because the words of positivity, um, I did the ceremonial part and we sang the songs and we celebrated, and then I handed the words over to Del Marie, and then I handed the words over to Della, talking about, Uh, being a two-spirited person, being a gay man, and the fact that that is actually a gift. And these conversations on all levels, 
in all camps are coming up to the surface right now for review. And people, and what I love about Cad is the fact that he didn't just say, I just want to die and let's just end the story. It's no, I am different now. I want to honor the fact that I'm different now. This is not easy. Denise, will you help me honor this through ceremony? And, and, you know, and the whole point of everything that I'm saying, Sandy, is that these things are coming up, and sometimes it requires us to be brave. Sometimes it requires us to step out of our comfort zone. In his case, you know, he felt like he wanted to wear an NEP dress rather than, you know, shorts and a T-shirt. And what I love about that is so beautiful. My husband, Todd, purchased the NEP dress for him and gifted it to him. Yes. That's big. Let's be very, and Chad, I love you. And I'm so grateful that our paths are shared. Mm -hmm. Let's remember that any and every ceremonial depictment of some great sacred time from the beginning of time until now has been a holy man dressed in a garb that looks like a dress to the Pope this day. So you got it. The Scottish kilt, the... Mm-hmm the robes of any and all sanctuary people, the garb of priests are, are, are feminine to the ground down. So to know that one dresses in a quote-unquote garment that somewhere in time said only a woman can wear that and only a man can wear that has forgotten that somewhere in time sacred Where's that? Mm-hmm. Whether they yeah. are masculine or feminine, it is considered sacred. And I don't know where the dress code went crazy, but what I do know is in saying goodbye to David, mm-hmm. which is a necessary honor. Yes. Yeah. And to honor what David has done for Chad to even become, is it Cad? For Cad to become birthed. Yes. Is the death of, Mm -hmm. so the life of, Mm -hmm. and the morphing into, Mm -hmm. and the psyche needs to be torqued. Mm-hmm. Whenever we are mind boggled, we are torqued. Mm-hmm. And there will be those that mourn. Right? There will be a mourning process for some. Well, anybody that knew Cad as David and does yes. not know how to identify themselves mm-hmm. in his now present state of mind. Mm-hmm. will either leave him or mm-hmm. struggle to affiliate some type of connection 
yeah. or be grateful with, bro, show me the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that so came up is, actually after NEP. You're spot on. And the next day he came over and uh, we all kind of went to different places so that he could spend a couple of hours with Del Marie, just about that. And uh, talking about that, you know, there are people who still call me Denise because it, they cannot mourn the loss of Denise. They cannot say the word, the word Dana or the name Dana. They cannot mourn. They can't, they're not capable of mourning or they do not wish to mourn who I was as Denise, even though Dana is my birth name. So, well, you know, I people are. With in, it. I'll be honest. I yeah. stumble with it because it's familiar and my psyche right. is not yet completely in the cadence of, oh, it's Dana. And then I'd like, hey, Denise, it's my familiar right. with you is, <laughs> is, is, is developed through Denise. And yet yes. my soul is familiar with Dana. Yes. And so but what I you know what was interesting is this weekend Barbara only called me Dana. And it was really interesting that she only called me Dana. So I'm if and the reason I'm saying it is that if uh Cad, if you happen to be listening, it's a process for people and it's not a rejection of For some people, it truly is a process when a cycle ends for us and we enter the new cycle. It's a process for others, just as it's a process for us. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with who you are. My brain has to remember how to call you what I'm familiar with. Right. So also I want to be able to say this is one of those radical moments to Denise and Dana, that when I struggled with my name back in my 20s, my, God bless, this is such a, God dang, my (laughs) cousin, who is a month older than me, died a few weeks ago. Mm. God bless Linda Harris. Thank you. And my mother always had the name of Linda as my name while she carried me in utero. When my aunt named my cousin Linda when she was born a month before me, my mother had no name for me. None. Now, anybody that knows me knows I ain't no Linda. My my cousin's Linda. And there are other people that that, that's their name. (laughs) No way do I have the vibration of a Linda. No. No. And it doesn't right, wrong, or anything. It's just the flavor that comes out of one's mouth when they see me. And so I did not have a name for three days. And back in 47, you stayed in the hospital with your baby and the nurse and blah, 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 blah. And one day, on the third day, you know, on the third day, <laughs> they rose again from the dead. And uh-huh. some nurse walked in and said, oh, my God, my daughter just came with an angel and we named her Sandy. And my mother literally went, my daughter's an angel. I'm going to name her Sandy. And so Aww. then it was the professional. Is it Sandra? Is it Alexandra? Is it Sandy? You know, how do you roll a name off the tongue? Right. So my Catholic name is Alexander Louise Christine Herrick. And my formal name is Sandra Herrick. But my name 
is Sandy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And in my 20s, I couldn't figure out my name. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't like who I was. I was mm. divorced. I wasn't making it in my past. I didn't have a future. And so I started becoming an artist, and I named, I signed it Alex. Oh. Which is very kind of masculine feminine. Right. Sandy's masculine feminine. So there's that mm-hmm. place of when we start to yearn to discover our identity, there is this vibration to it. Your vibration now, Cad, is more Cad than David. Your vibration, Dana, is now Dana rather than Denise. Yeah. And yeah. there's that when Bobby, my husband, he was called he is called by his family to this day Robert Joseph. They are from the hmm. south. They have oh, that, yeah. you know, you, you have your two names and you have it and it's formal. And he yep. was Robert Jr. His father was his father. When he left Florida with his step-grandmother, she goes, what can I do to support you? And he goes, I want to do one thing. Call me Bobby. Aw. Yeah. He needed to leave the identity he wore that belonged to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 2008, Carl and Ortrun Franklin actually performed High Ceremony uh, for me in the taking back of my birth name. And it was an absolutely exquisite ceremony, candle lit and lots of Egyptian oils. And it was extraordinary. And there is a different vibration to the name. And you know, for us as teachers, sometimes when the cycle ends, that means that we go on teaching what it is that we are directed and driven to teach. And as you were saying earlier, Sandy, that means that sometimes students fall away. And it's not a bad thing or a good thing if that cycle has ended. It's it's just, you can't stay in kindergarten. Exactly. And so we, hopefully, all teachers continue to learn, and we as teachers and facilitators continue to expand. And there are those that are with us for the time that they are to be with us. And then there are those that are with us for a great, good, long, magnificent time. And there are those that are yet coming. And so for those of you, Spirit just said to me, talk about the teachers that change. And, you know, some people, uh, whether it's a name change or a direction change of a teacher, it can become very confusing. And Meg made a wonderful comment. Uh, I'm just going to take a look back here. She's saying, sometimes if people uh, did not move from our lives, we may become dependent on them and not evolve or grow like we are supposed to, like saying some in our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And that also, I believe, pertains to our teachers or people that we hold in high regard. And how do you feel about that, Sandy? I'm going to simplify it down to something that happened when I got married, and then I'll go into what Meg is saying. When I got married for the first time, I didn't have a choice of my name. It was automatically 
Sandra Mudgett. From Sandra Herrick to Sandra Mudgett. I took someone else's name. If you hear Sandra Mudgett or Sandy Mudgett, that ain't my name. No. It has no disrespect to my then husband and his family. But there was it, 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 it should have been so clear that as I even took the name, I couldn't wear it. It didn't hold me. And when I went to get my divorce, it wasn't a, a, a thing I asked my lawyer to do. It was a thought I had on the witness stand of my own divorce. Yes, this is how I feel. I raised my hand. Could I have my name back, please? And the judge literally <laughs> looked at me and said, why? And I said, I've been Sandy Herrick for 22 years. I've been Sandy Mer- Mudgett for less than a year. I, I don't want to do that. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah. you are feisty. And I said, well, then give me back my name. <laughs> and he, I had to ask the court to give me my name. Wow. So that I could, and, and when I got married the second time, no disrespect to my husband, I'm Sandy Herrick till the day I die. Mm-hmm. And it gives that place now going to where Meg is going, there's that place where how do we own our identities? I know that there are teachers in my lives in my life, well, there you go, in my life, that they were the best teachers for the moment they were teaching me. And then all of a sudden when something in their teaching no longer was the teaching for my next moment, I had to be very careful of, whoa, wait a minute, what was that? Am I upset with them? Am I upset with me? Am I upset with God or the universe? Like, I was feeling so good. Why am I not feeling right anymore? And I think it's important to realize that our soul, and everybody's soul is different. I will speak of my own, and I know you're like this in that need to be where you need to be rather than just stay where you were that got you to the next step on your path. Yeah. Yeah. There is the generosity of saying, God, my life is big enough Mm -hmm. to be this sad about how much movement I had to have in order for me to have the joy of being so molten in my life. Mm. My God. I like that. Tango just gave the biggest purr. I was going to call There's that beautiful space, Dana, in... Elise just had a 25th birthday. That baby that you conceived the child that you held in your womb, the face at birth, and all the ages, the child that you shared with me, Mm -hmm. thank you, 
the face that I looked at at her wedding mm-hmm. and to know that a woman at 25, you can grieve that infant all you want. And if you mm-hmm. only stay within the grief, you never get to see the beauty of the person she is now and yearns to become. I love By that. being a wife, being a companion, being a, a searching being, we grieve the children. Mm-hmm. But if you're only grieving the child that gave you the identity of being a mother, and I mm-hmm. know women that my children have to be my children for the rest of my life. One day my mother took me into her arms, there's my child, there's my little girl. And I actually repelled from it's like, <laughs> Ma, you can only know what I said. Well, that, I used the F word. Ma, go. I'm yeah. a woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was that place of don't put me back in the bassinet. God damn it. See me for who I am, not who you have to be in order to see me. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're talking about. If I can't see myself beyond a teacher and that teacher is my image, you bet I'm going to resent the teacher if they change. Yeah. It's a guarantee. I'm going to make them wrong. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be pissed off. I'm going to have an attitude. I'm going to find the people that want to grumble with me, and we're going to belong together. (laughs) I know that's never happened to you. Never in a million years. That's never happened to me, ever. Yeah. I've become a consortium of crabby. Yeah. God. Yeah. And I, so, you know, you know, I can we, chuckle with it, but in the going through it, it there is the anxiety and the sorrow. Yeah. Wait a second, I'm growing. Please don't ask me to be less than who I am asked to be and given the gift to be. Yeah. And you're invited to come along. And the problem is not everybody can go along. No. No, not everybody can go along. And that doesn't mean yeah. less or more. It just means the directions part their way. We're cruel. People are cruel when there's there's change. You know that. Mm-hmm. I do know that. I know it firsthand. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we actually ran over this evening, but we did. And um, Well, how unique. Yeah, how unique. That's right. <laughs> So you know, before long, I'm going to be at your place, and uh, we will be doing some things there on the East Coast and just kind of actually doing a bit of relaxation, raising some money for Gathering Thunder Foundation, as we always do when we are out East. And, you know, it, this is a time of change, and I believe it's a time of honestly changing and honestly changing into, you know, who you are next so that we reach the fullness of who we are to be, as Paramahansa Yogananda would say, self-realization. And honoring, you began the show in this way, honoring ourselves, loving ourselves enough to allow that to unfold and to happen. And for each and every one of you that are listening, that is my, my wish for you, is that you go with the change at the end of a cycle and take a moment to sit with it, to be with it, to pray with it. Who am I now? Who am I now? And to love who you are 
in that now and to take that love for yourself into who you're becoming. How would you like to wrap up the show, Sandy? Well, I'm sitting here. I'll be very clear, very descriptive. I'm sitting here in my bed all curled up in my bathrobe. I'm looking across my bedroom, and as you were speaking, Dana, I am looking at Silver Skull. Aw. And to know that I remember as pristine as my voice is speaking to you in this moment, the first time he and I met each other, and he was only three days old. And to know that the transformation and the transition and the opportunity to have he and Razzle in my life, Velvet and all my horses. And to know that I am now sitting with his skull on my dresser. Mm. What that means is he had to grow, he had to become old, he had to die, and he has to go into the next phase of his own metamorphosis. For me to have his bones, look at his mane and his tail braided, crisscrossed across his skull, next to a crystal. Mm. Makes me want to weep, but it also Mm -hmm. gives me the joy of knowing I have lived with him his full life. Mm. And what he gives me, what my horses give me, have given me, is a foundation to know that I will always be a horsewoman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they propelled me into my own future by saying, now live with what we have lived with because we lived it well. Don't stop speaking of us just because we are no longer in the body you thought was the only body you could love. Mm. so and I will just end it with when I put my hand into my mother's ashes to truly have that reality of knowing there, this is what my mother now is to see her on the other side of the bag as that woman that I know as my mother but I am putting my hand into her I'm putting my hand into the very fairy dust, the stardust, the source of the original creation. Mm -hmm. And it is my boggling. Mm -hmm. She still exists, and I was still able to touch her. And it's all just because it's going back to the original form. Spectacular. Thank you, Lily, for letting Sandy and I flow over tonight. What would we do without our Lily? Nothing, because she's never going to be without us. I'm sorry, but everything Things may change, but she's stuck with us. Sorry, Lily. Yeah. We're just all more together. Good night, everyone. Good night, Sandy. See you soon. Good night, Dana. Good night, Lily. Good night, everybody, and thank you, and Cad.
Welcome to the next side of your life. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this edition of On the Road to Heaven with your show hosts, Sandra Herrick and Denise Iwana on the Star Nations Radio Network.